Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Grumpy Collector Podcast. I'm your host, Troy McHenry, an incurable collector of all things. On this week's episode, we are interviewing one of my all-time favorite watchmakers and designers, Martin Braun. You may know him from his eponymous watch brand, Martin Braun Watches, which was behind the famous EOS and Celine models, or also as a designer behind Antoine Martin with their Slow Runner model which was nominated for a GPHG award in 2013. We get into his history of designing some of the most future forward watches in the early 2000s with amazing complications to his experience in how to grow a brand and the pitfalls when dealing with investors. Lastly, we talk about the future of Martin Braun watches and what might be on the horizon. The show notes you can always find at thegrumpycollector.com, which for this episode really have some great insider watch models and references. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the show on your streaming platform of choice and give us a review. It really does make a difference. And without further ado, yeah, your life just got better. Hey, Martin. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, Troy. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for uh, doing this. I'm uh, oh. so excited to be talking to you today. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, maybe, and then I would love to um, have you tell me a little bit about, about yourself. Um, but yeah, I've been a, a watch collector since the early 2000s, really, as your brand started coming up. And I remember seeing ads for your watches in magazines. And I just remember seeing the Celine and always dreamt of uh, of owning one. And, um, you know, it was just very aspirational for me. And I just thought your designs were so unique, you know, I, I mean, I could just tell, I was just like, what, this is just amazing. Um, I mean, the EOS, all of them. And then, uh, and then slowly started my career in insurance and whatnot. And now I lead, um, I'm one of the co-leaders of, a a red bar watch club here, uh, where I live in North Carolina and we have 350 members. It's crazy. Oh, right. <laughs> where, are you, where are you from troy yeah so i live now in north carolina, north um, carolina. in raleigh but i was born in ohio and um have lived in florida and pennsylvania and virginia and my wife is from europe um so she actually is uh from hungary and right. um her dad is italian so uh we go back to europe every year and multi uh, multicultural mix <laughs> there yeah it's funny i did like the um and my last name is mchenry so my dad was scots irish you know my mom is actually my mom's maiden name is lee and her mother's maiden name is stalker so very german and um okay. and so when i did the uh ancestry like the dna test like i had the all northwest europe and my wife has all southeast europe so like our daughter is <laughs> Is all of continent, <laughs> continental Europe in one person? <laughs> okay, all right, okay. <laughs> not um, bad, no. No, not bad. We had a, a matter of fact, our watch club met yesterday, and we had a guest, Formax um, Watches from Switzerland. They were they joined Funny. us. Yeah, mm -hmm. really impressed with what they're doing, and they they man their uh, their watches are great too. Yeah, yeah. I know the designer of these watches. Really, uh, a Ra Raphael, Raphael, or. Uh, or is it someone um, else? Andrea Wulschläger. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. I it's got to be a small world. Um 
And, and, you know, I think it's interesting, too, that I've heard the Swiss watch industry is very small. And I could see why maybe it made sense. Like you had to you ended up moving from Germany to Switzerland. Um, right. Even though to me, that's not too far away. But did that really make a difference for you? Uh, yeah, at that time, it made um, it made a big difference because when I started, um, I invested all my private money in the in the company, and a Swiss company who delivered major parts for me were in uh, economical problems. So um, the German government spanked me because um, they said, hey, you have uh, half a million worth of parts in stock, so you have to tax it. Oh. But it could even made only one, uh, one euro turnover. Yeah. And I said, what? Hey, I, I need first to make turnover before I pay taxes. I said, no, 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 you have to pay for it. So oh, I said, wow. you know, a country, a country who treats a young entrepreneur in that way is not my country anymore. Sure. And so I took the chance to to took over the, the company in the French part of Switzerland and mm-hmm. moved personal to, to Switzerland. And your family moved down with you? Yes, okay. one year later, because the kids were at the entry of the next level. So okay. they finished that in Germany and then they went over to Switzerland. To the, sure. To the next and, you know, for people who grow up in Switzerland, it makes sense when they go into the watch industry because it's so big there. But for you getting into watches when you were in Germany, that's probably a little bit more uncommon. Um, what kind of led to that? I, I think it was almost like a family business, though, right? Your father was making watch cases. Is that right? Or Right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So we live close to Portsheim, which is the, the former center of the uh, German watch industry. Now it's more Saxonia. But at that time, it was close to Pforzheim. So we made cases for a couple of watch brands. And um, so I grew up with that. Okay. Yeah. But the, the, the initial was that I had then the idea, you know, that one of the main reasons was the, the Iraq war, because mm-hmm. uh, we had a very successful business in the Middle East. But when the Iraq war started, it stopped from one day to the other. Wow. So we find a different way to to go in our future and i had then the idea to take old antique movements restore them and then we made one of a kind wristwatches out of it we transformed it and that was then the 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 time when i became familiar with so many new constructions and construction possibilities and uh, so i had then in the middle of the 19th then the idea to make a watch with the sunrise and sunset and that was then the start for the success (laughs) <laughs> I mean, no one has even, I mean, I don't think anyone had even attempted to try to do a sunrise and sunset complication in a wristwatch before, at least not successfully. I mean, how did you come up with the design? Because it's a very novel design. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, it, it was a process, you know, yeah. you have that in mind. When I, when I made my master degree, I created um, equation of time, which is also a little bit unique. Huh? Yeah. And uh, then, you know, the, the idea came up with doing sunrise and sunset. And then I sat down and tried to figure out how we can find a solution for, for indication who is optical, attractive, and on the other side, a little bit useful. Uh, and uh, so I, I was working a little bit on astronomy how, because at that time it was not so easy to sit on a computer. You know, now I can find within a 
five minutes, I have the sunrise and sunset times for all over the world. Right. So, but I had to figure that out, how it works, how to, the time zones and the different cities and locations, then to find the right combination of the dial scales. Yeah, because if you are, if you are in, in Singapore and, um, I, and I here have four hours on my scale for the EOS. Yeah? And right. In Singapore, it's only 20 minutes. So the hands does not move. Yeah? Right. So yeah. I had to find a multiplication factor and, and uh, the different to figure out which scales are make sense that yeah. you have attractive indications throughout the year yeah? that you have a relative big move of the, of the hands. And I have to think then because I like you, you probably just had to do like a wide swath of the earth. But like, because you're right, you only have like that four hours, like, it's not gonna tell you my tell me sunrise and sunset in um, the North Pole or something like that. Right. right. In the North Pole, it makes no sense. Because right. It, yeah. it goes up and stays there for a half year. And it <laughs> right, exactly. Or near there, like, is there a latitude or longitude where then you're like, okay, it's just it's just it changes not enough to, you know, to do uh, it. I think the biggest, the, the most north is Bergen in, in, in Norway. Okay. You know, we yeah. for, or even for St. Petersburg in Russia and, um, or, or in some countries and some cities in, uh, in Canada, it was very, very northern part. But, you know, at the end, where do the people live who like watches? You know, there's nobody yeah. coming from uh, from from Alaska and say, "Yeah, make me a, a sunrise and sunset." They no. just not have <laughs> the guys from New York, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Tokyo. Uh, yeah, in the major cities, and they are they have reasonable longitude and latitudes. Absolutely. Now, okay. Now, here's a really crazy question. Um, how what what would an owner do for? Um, like daylight savings time. There's you no chance. It? You, it, it keeps just like normal time and then it's just right. off by a hair for... Yes. Okay. You know? yeah. it's, uh, there, are, so there are probably possibilities to do it, but then you have an ultra high complex mechanical solution because then the, every day um, the, the, the Livier who touches the cam has to mm -hmm. lift up, you know, and then the cam has to make a jump. And oh, then wow. The Back. Uh, yeah. and then you can make a, a step in the in the camp but this is it doesn't do look much. pretty good and yeah. it's way too much yeah that's cool that you've already thought about it <laughs> 100 times and i wish i could find the solution before, but I, I was not i was yeah. not able <laughs> yeah I like, and i like that a lot of your movements i mean they do leverage um pushers in the case right to so you can easily set things which i just think is um, yes. So great. I mean, that's what I love yeah. about this Celine is it's so easy to adjust the, the, you know, the date and the the moon phase. Yeah. I love that they're independent. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then I, I recently saw too, which I, uh, which I think is really exciting is that it looks like the EOS is back in production. Right. That's so, right. If, so if someone wants a brand new one, um, you know, instead of having to just look for kind of what I call neo vintage, um, there, it sounds like they're being remade today. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great story because uh, my uncle, who is also very addicted in watches, and mm -hmm. he is a very, a very rich guy, and he always said, "Oh, Martin, I'm, I'm so mad about Frank Uller that they took your name and they do not use it." And I said, "Hey, you know, that's that's life." And right. uh, so he has a, a couple of attorneys, 
and also some for his patent registrations. And so he has the uh, running search engine for Martin Brown. Yeah. And once a day he called me and said, hey, Martin, your name is available. Said, what? Wow, cool. Uh, yeah. And then I take it, I take it, I take it. <laughs> and uh, so we make probably a family business. And I said, um, uh, because I, I was out, you know, I, I was not really keen about to make any, any business. Uh, I, I like to make business, but yeah. not on my own shoulders. You know? so, of course. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So he took it back and yeah. uh, it was sitting there now for one, two years, or now already three, four years. And then um, he said, hey, with my cousins, or we make something. And I said, well, you know, guys, stop that. Because I know if even if a third, a second person is involved and you have to make a decision, it's so complicated. Uh, the mm -hmm. one uh, want to have a green hand, the other one to have a purple hand. And so it's very, very difficult. And they are all entrepreneurs. And then these discussions, nobody want to have. So I said, well, Hamut, we, we stop it. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But I have somebody who um, might be interested to take it over uh, because he bought already the construction of the Celine. He mm. took over my seminars and a couple of other stuff. And yeah. uh, so I was talking to Frank and Frank said, what, I can make the EOS? Well, that's great. That's cool. <laughs> and so we, we figure it out how we can do it together. And um, yeah, so we are back on back on stage, and that's really really great, you know. When yeah. I was bringing the eels, it was my baby. Of now course. it's my grandchildren. Now they yeah. are my grandchildren. <laughs> that's really cool. It, I really love it. And there's so many iterations of the eels. I don't think people in collectors maybe realize. Like you have the initial one with the sunrise and sunset, and there's one with the equation of time as well. And that's then. Right. Oh yeah, I love that. Honestly, to me, that's the equation of time is such a perfect complication to add to a watch like that, which is doing sunrise right. and sunset. That's the one I would want for sure. And then yeah. uh, you even had like what is it called the heliocentric? Yes. Um, oh, that's not an EOS though. But yeah, that had. No. Um, but I thought there was one. Oh, and then what's the um, the astro astrios? Astrios. Yes. Yeah. How is that, that is one different? Yeah. The Astrios was the, um, the first complication who had a, a, a mechanical gear mm -hmm. and show you the oval orbit from our Earth around the sun because we, we the Earth doesn't move around in circle. It's yeah. an oval shape with the orbit. Okay. And, uh, this this gear could could make it. Wow. Yeah. So, so you you kind of hinted at something. We probably should take a step back and talk about your journey in watches. So you you moved to Switzerland. You have this EOS. Um, right. I think it got announced. I was, you know, kind of on the peripheral of watches, maybe a little bit after this time, but I remember hearing about it. So obviously it came out to some fanfare and interest, right? Because there was just nothing like it. Um, and then you grew and you kept releasing uh newer models and i think it was right around the time when you came out with the selene the moon phase that's how did um your relationship with frank Mueller kind of progress this is um so i moved to switzerland 2006 okay know? and uh that was exactly the time when i finished already the the selene and um 
when I when I came here to Switzerland, uh, a friend of mine called me and said, "Hey, uh, there is Wartans Markus in Watchland, and he wants to make a big group, you know, like like a new uh, watch group or group like like uh, Richmore, like LBMH, <laughs> and uh, he he needs new creative blood and." Uh, if, if you don't mind, come down to Geneva. We we introduce each other, and then you know, and then and that was the time when um, I really, really had uh, big problems in production. Because if you are a small company sure. and you go to the big companies, they say, yeah, yeah, we, we don't know, and you know, and then, just, right. then they let you, uh, and you need desperate your turnover. You need the parts. You need yeah. to go out. And uh, Frank Müller had everything, you know, they have dial manufacturer, hand manufacturer, mm. everything. So it was a great opportunity. And on the other side, if you are a young independent, uh, most of the dealers are only class B dealers. Uh, that means they do not get Odima um, Piquet, they do not get Rolex, and mm-hmm. then they are looking for different possibilities. Sure. And the problem is that most of them, or there are a lot of them, don't get me wrong, but not in the financial best position. Right. And yeah. at that time, it was horrible because they delivered to the gray market like hell. Mm, yeah. And that would destroy your reputation quicker than you can build it up. I, I remember so, those days. And you would see huge, deep catalogs of, of watch brands and all their watches just kind of flood the market through gray market dealers. Yeah. 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 And that was the problem because if you have a serious dealer or a serious jeweler and um, they want to make a good business with you and then they say, hey, look, here in India, there's a guy selling your watches for wholesale price. Right. That's impossible then. So it was really a tough fight. And with Frank Müller, I had the chance to to beat seven flies with one slam. And uh, it was for me, it was a great opportunity. So looking back, I would probably do it again, you know, yeah. even if the end then was not so, not so nice. I mean, um, we didn't, we never had a fight, you know, but yeah. we really become cold feet and, and want to kick out all of the, the acquired brands. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause I was curious, like what changed after that deal got signed, you started using, you know, the other thing I was going to say, we haven't talked about is most of your movements, I think are so interesting that these very, cool and the complications that are really out of the box they're all just kind of modules sitting on top of an edda movement by and large right which i think is amazing mm-hmm. um and then with with frank Mueller, he had his own caliber which you could take advantage of right um so yeah so it seemed like you do the deal and then it just he just kind of they just decided maybe not to invest in the brand as much as you maybe had hoped or you weren't given the resources or Ah, uh, you know, it, it, this is a very, a, a very, very, very long story. Uh, the main reason was we were, uh, we had to take the, the watch cases from Watchland. Mm. Uh, so, well, we had a new construction and we were ready for the cases. Yeah. So in the first year, we didn't got one case. <laughs> you know? And yeah. how we, how, you can't how sell watches without business? watch cases. <laughs> yeah, you know? And I was sitting on straps, on modules, on hands, oh, wow. on screws, on parts like hell. Yeah. You know? And I, at that time, I had seven, 17 employees. Wow. But no cases. 
Wow. Uh, yeah. Then in the year in the year two, they say, oh no, 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 now we solved the problem. Now everything um, runs better, you know. Yeah. And we, we first cases in. So, but Martin, you have to make new constructions, develop more and more. You have to make more. So I made more, I did more. Yeah. Nothing. Mm. So I was at the end. Um we were when when they stopped. I had uh, I had back orders for almost six million Swiss francs. Wow, six million Deep Swiss francs. Demand. And yeah. couldn't deliver anything. Yeah. So it was it was it was a torture, really a torture. Yeah, I bet. And then I I know um, I think the, what I had read is the deal was you know they had fifty one percent, you had forty nine percent, so you have that minority stake. And so, right. it's, so then you kind of lost the, as you were kind of saying earlier, like the, the loss of your own name to be able to make watches under the Martin Braun name um, mm. until just recently, though. So that's great, though, that you now, if you uh, want to, you know, re-release watches under Martin Braun, you can, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it is for us collectors. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's, you know, we talked a little bit about the EOS. Um well, I'm curious, what do you think about, because only one other company has ever tried to crack this, in my opinion, which is Crayon, uh, which mm. is doing it at a very different level. You know, their watches cost uh, probably 10 times what yours um, does to, to solve the same issue. What do you think about how they've approached it? Have you seen or looked at their technical solution? Yeah. Not in detail. Yeah. You know, it's because for me, it's uh, my signature are the crossed hands. Yeah. You know? That, that's yeah. people remember me and the rest i yeah. don't really care you know how they, <laughs> how they do it i love it um uh, and then let's let's talk about to me right after the eos the next most famous model is the celine which is one the one i'm most interested in um not only because i own one but and it's the one i always remember but honestly i think because obviously like with the eos only one company's been able to to do something similar but i think the Celine really opened up people's eyes to what a moon phase could be. And yeah. I see so much, I don't want to call them derivative, but I think um, designs that are so inspired by your design. And, you know, I looked, I have all the watch annuals through the years. And, you know, the first year of the Celine came out, which was what, maybe 2007 or 2007. 2007. Yeah. You look prior to that, you know, I'll, I'll flip through all, you know 300 pages of the watch annual and Nothing. every moon phase is just you know that little tiny speck going around that little like cutout you know and yeah. it just and um and yours is so different and it's just so cool i mean to think and uh, i mean you could have just done a big moon that kind of moves and just have a larger cutout um but but yours is very different maybe talk a little bit about what how did you approach it and and then I'm just talking about aesthetics, but then I think we also have to talk about accuracy because then you also solved that at the same time that it's also at the time the by far the um, incredibly much more accurate as a moon phase. Yeah, that's right. I mean, at that time, you know, it was really because of my astronomical complications. It was a logical next step after sunrise and the equation and declination uh, to make something with the moon. And uh, the moon faces, the actual moon faces, they disturbed me since I'm a watchmaker. I didn't like it. Uh, so I said, hey, but if you look on the, on, the, on the night sky, you always see the complete moon. 
Uh, even if it's only 50% lightened, if you look closely, you see it. Right. And then I came up with the idea to make something that it is like in the nature. And then I was working around about two years with different solutions until I came up with exactly the, the version I made. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to me, it's and even when I look at mine, like I always thought it was kind of like the moon is always present. And then there's like a, a smoked disc that maybe goes over the moon. But actually, I think it goes under the moon. Is that right? It's under the moon, right. Yeah. If the disc goes over the moon, you cannot see the moon. Then I have a similar system like the ancient system. Yeah. It makes only sense if it's underneath. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, incredibly cool. And I love how photorealistic it is. Like, what sort of like printing process were yeah, you? Yeah, that, a, 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 that was a challenge because um, we have to, we made a lot of uh, try and error because we have a two layer printing as on, the, on the top side and on the side below that you mm. have a little bit of a 3D um, yeah. effect. Nowadays, um, you asked me in your question sheet, what, uh, what would I do different? Yeah. Is what I would do different is it made the watch a little bit thicker then, but you can make now with the laser engraving in an acrylic block, you can make a totally 3D. Oh, sure. Within the same thickness uh, though, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that would be my next step uh, nice. to do that. Are we going to see that someday in the future? You know, it's out of my hand because Frank is running the Celine and I have no idea you know, what, he's, what he's doing or not. <laughs> I mean, if I would do it, I would do it this way. Well, I will say... And then, when... At that time, um, I would I had also the idea to do it with Super Luminova, but ah, it was a little bit... In, at the beginning, a little bit too kitschy because I was more in the classic side. And sure. on the other side, I would do... Uh, a little battery inside and would make an LED lightning. Oh, wow. Uh, and then my client said, oh, no, 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 no electronic device in your mechanical <laughs> Yeah. Then, okay, okay, I quit. Uh, no, okay, right. no LED light. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say it's so interesting to see, and that's, you, um, so if someone wants a Celine or similar watch, really, the the place to go right now and where you think also buy the new EOS is through Schomburg watches. Right. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting to me to see how Schomburg has, so you're licensing your design to them. It sounds like, or they've, yes. And um, to me, when you go on their website and look at their catalog, it's so interesting how they've taken um, the original Celine design and then have created so many different iterations, you know, like a, like a yeah. blood moon. And mm-hmm. yeah, now the moon is loomed in some models and then somewhere it's like a carved, moon um very interesting oh yes exactly i totally forgot about that and then like the the double Double so and that's something now that wasn't your design is that something they came up with or they came up with yeah yeah very interesting and then that looks exactly like the hermes that um most people uh, talk about yeah um what do you think about how they've kind of taken this design and kind of um i won't say improved it but i would just say have taken it down a lot of different roads you know, uh, the funny thing at the at the end was a friend of mine, a journalist. Um, she was sitting in the in the press conference at Piaget, yeah, and the guy up front on stage said, "Look what we have developed! Look on this moon! This is unique!" And she said, "What?" 
no, 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 no. You know, as a, I mean, for me, at the end, it's a compliment if a company like he or she, on one side, it's embarrassing, you know, to to cheat people because most of them did know the the Celine uh, yeah. to say we are developed that we are the the, the, the creator. So um, when I was really in the in the production process, you know, I was always looking not to tell too many secrets. You know, mm-hmm. right now uh, I am in the position I can laugh about today. You know, it's, yeah. I was the inventor. I was the inventor of the ears, and nobody can take that away from me. No, absolutely not. And I think it's very well documented, and and really ditto the Celine. So, yeah. Um, yeah I, and then um, talk about you know it would have been enough just to have a moon phase operate that way but you decided to do almost like a tenfold increase in accuracy too what kind of led to that um never be satisfied with the basic solution yeah no, and, and and i think you really started now it's almost like other brands are trying to top that it's almost like a little bit of an arms race of uh, who can create the most accurate moon phase and which i think is very interesting yeah. I oh, I have um I have a construction which is accurate. Oh, I forgot more than more than thirty thousand years. Yeah. But come on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, uh, and, and then um for 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 both because these are definitely the I think for the EOS and the Celine for collectors and owners of them. Any uh, tips you would tell them about ownership of the watch? And then if they need to get it serviced, what would you recommend? Yeah. Um, um, the only solution is definitely to send it to Germany and to or talk to Schaumburg. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. But I can tell you another story because you asked yeah. me about the meteorite die. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm not even going off of my questions. I'm just too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. that was so, the, well, that was the specific one I wanted. Cause I just like all oh, the idea of a meteorite dial with a moon phase. I'm like, that's the one I want. And it literally it took me years, Martin, to, to find this one, um, mm-hmm. you know, that was in the condition I wanted that was box mm-hmm. and papers and was the price and everything. And, um, and yeah, the meteorite is just gorgeous. I love the, you know, that I collect rocks and minerals. You can see them in the background here. And um, oh, yeah, I do the same. Oh, do I you? Do yeah, oh, we're going to yeah. have to. OK, at the end, we'll we'll have to talk about rocks and minerals. Matter of fact, I have quite a few specimens from Germany, actually, because there's some great fluorites from Germany. Anyways, I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, talk talk to me about the meteorite, because also was there watches using meteorite dials before the Celine? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of others, uh, but you know, if you do a moon phase, you do moon phase. What is more logical than using uh, a meteorite? But the, the the funny thing is, we were totally keen about the the, the meteorite dials. And um, a friend of mine, um, I do not know, Lawrence Rubin, he was the representative in the United States at that time. Uh-huh. He said, Martin, you know what? I have a little bit of contact to Buzz Aldrin. You know, we have to do something. And we co- we created already our um, high-grade five titanium uh, a tube where we could add around about a 50, 60 dials, seal it, and we tried to, to convince the NASA to oh. take this, this, this little tiny Cylinder. titanium tube for us to space and bring it back, you know, that would be a great story, you know, to have the meteor dials coming from space, crushing <laughs> Earth 
well prepared and going back to space again and come back and finally ended up in a Celine. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, whatever happened with that? Yeah. Um, you know, it, talk, yeah. talk to the NASA. And it's, like, NASA no. is, is <laughs> Yeah, they're what weight is everything to them. So uh, uh yeah, yeah, they yeah. they they don't like just anything go on board. Yeah. But the yeah. plane, the, the plan was great. The idea was great, you know. The idea is great. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, because people I think with watches, they want to have authenticity, right? They want to have, yeah. you know, there's nothing better than a watch that's been mission flown or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and people there's websites dedicated just to watches in space. It's so interesting, you know. Yeah. Of what yeah. watch was first? Was it the Bolivas and the Seca Pogues and you know, mm -hmm. obviously all the, the Speedmasters. Um and so, you know, after um the Celine and the EOS and, and a few others, and then with the deal with Frank Mueller maybe um just not getting the support that you wanted. It seemed like you there was a little bit of a quiet period, and then Antoine Martin kind of showed up on the on the scene. Um, yeah, talk a little bit about that, and that has to me a a very different aesthetic than your Martin Braun uh, watches. But it's maybe it's just an evolution, really, over time. Um, it's um, you know when uh, when we finished with Frank Müller, that was the time I developed my first. 100% in-house movement mm. and um, so when I left I said okay I, I, I have to realize that project because otherwise I drive crazy you know there, there's every every single detail was thought out by myself all my experience was in the movement so it had a lot of absolutely unique things and I really want to make that thing happen but to uh, to make it happen, you need a lot of money. Uh, yeah. So yeah. the same problem like um, like before. And then I found the first partner, and we said, okay, we we do it. But we we knew that um, we don't had enough money. And then we had an, an investor, a Swiss guy, at the beginning, absolutely promising. Yeah. Yeah. And then it came out that they made some non-serious business. And oh. then first investor and the second investor, they started the war and I was in between. You know, and I said, well, guys, you know, now it's now it's enough. Fuck off. This is the last time in my life I yeah. take my own money and invested it somewhere. I have I'm explode up. I'm gonna die before I make any further <laughs> business in the in the watch industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the designs from Antoine Martin are—they're amazing as well. I mean, um, obviously, you started with a what perpetual calendar with a big date. I mean, right. I think that was uh, very interesting. And then there was a, what a perpetual calendar with a tourbillon. Um, yeah. But the one that absolutely interests me is the um, mm -hmm. the slow runner. That is. To me, the most interesting thing in watches I've seen in a long time. Um, mm. Yeah, it would be my dream to own one because uh, I, I just, I just, movements really interest me. And then I like when it's, um, you know, so many people are doing high beat movements and it makes sense, right? Because it's sometimes from an accuracy standpoint, but it's like totally turning that on its head. Right. You know, at the end, the slow runner was then 
Um, I, I love this watch. And so it was a little bit provocative to the watch industry because of the high frequency and higher and higher. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, we, we do not need today a really precise wristwatch because we have all our mobiles. We have the mm -hmm. time everywhere. So I wanted really something touches my heart when I look on it. Yeah, and it's yeah. so mesmerizing when you see the balance wheel where it's, it's swinging. Yeah. That's like a, it, it's it's better than a meditation. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's why people like pocket watches too. You see this huge balance spring, you know, sometimes, yeah. and it's uh, yeah, very very relaxing. Um, are those still being made? Are they um, or like no Antoine oh. Braun watches? Or will we see these maybe come out under the Martin Braun name? Or they're just or they're just done for now. Yeah. You no, know, that was then the time when I when I tried to take out the, the last coals out of the fire. That was then when I sold the Celine construction. Yeah. And I sold the, the slow runner construction to a German company. Okay. Um German German company, and they had huge plans, but I no, it's not a secret, you know, it is um uh, uh, uh und Heine, you know. No, I don't know them. Okay, yeah. No, there is they're also in uh, in Dresden. And, oh, you uh, mean Lange und Söhne? Yeah. No, yeah. not Lange und Söhne. Lang und Heine. Oh yes, I do know Lange and Heine. They're um, I love their uh, Hector watch, which is using a um, yeah. yeah, 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 uh huh. And their their investor also become completely crazy. Oh. Kicked out the owner, the Lang. Huh? He kicked, yeah. He kicked him out, and yeah. he said, "Well, you know." We make nothing, and we, we stopped this project with uh, the slow runner. So the rights, the legal rights, are there. Okay. Uh, and uh, otherwise, hey, I could get weak, you know, to do it again. Uh, sure. But if somebody is coming, we had already some pre-construction where the the balance wheel is then visible on the dial. Uh, mm. But again, I do not invest, and I don't want to fight with dealers, with manufacturers. Yeah. I'm out. If somebody's coming and want to take it, okay, we can talk. But right. I, myself, not. I understand. <laughs> Wait, it's like, um, what, what do we say? Once bitten, twice shy, but you've been bitten twice. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I do not learn my lesson, I will never learn <laughs> But I think you have to be stubborn sometimes because imagine if you weren't, imagine if you had stopped with your experience with selling your your company a name and going into a partnership like if you you know for a lot of people that would have been the end of it but because you stuck with it we do at least have these amazing watches that that came out from antoine martin too in those designs which is cool that's right um mm -hmm. so what i want to know what's what's taking up uh, martin Braun's time right now yeah that, that's uh it matches exactly the theme because i have right now an, an uh, american designer which is very interested in the tourbillon big date. Mm. And he's working already uh, to, to adapt it to his DNA. And I hope that we someday will see it in reality. Oh, excellent. Cool. That, that yep. sounds good. So you're still um, involved in the world of watches, it sounds like. Um, are, are you... Are you personally involved in any of the repair or anything or are you and then i think no, on no, one of your no, websites no. it looked like you're you're still kind of involved in clocks too maybe or yeah but this is you know it's um you know i i i, I changed my life you know 
five, six years, I took it from the upside to the downside. Huh? Yeah. And um, for, so I'm too young to sit only here and right. touch my you know? Yeah. And um, because repairing clocks has two advantages. Mm. One is for me, it's also like like watching the slow runner. It's something, yeah. you know, like yoga. Uh, you, I can totally relax. And my biggest advantage is I'm a, I'm a, I recognize problems and I find relative quickly a solution. And so if you have very complex old clocks, they have mm -hmm. a lot of problems and I like to analyze it and to fix it. That's sure. The first thing. And the second thing is um, if I get all the money people owe me from the watch world, you know, I'm a super rich guy. I go immediately out and buy me a Ferrari or right. whatever. <laughs> so, and people now are come to me, bring me the clock and say, hey, fix it. They mm -hmm. come and take it and say, hey, Martin, here's the money. Right, you know? immediately. I don't, yeah. have, I don't have to run behind my money. It comes from alone and I have a very <laughs> satisfying business. Yeah, that's great. There's a... Um... A clock, a person who restores clocks that lives near me. And yeah, I've always thought that would be a great um, second profession someday, you know, it's like semi-retirement or something is just to work on on <laughs> old clocks, um, especially as like when, as one's eyesight gets worse, it's probably harder to work on watches and clocks might be a bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I finished again, I finished with watches, you know, and yeah. on the other side, I had, a, I had a skin cancer eight years hmm. ago. Yeah, and they took out all my my lymph nodes here. Oh wow! So right now it's okay. Doctor okay, Kong. good. But um, you know, I lost my my fine motoric skills I had before. So um, before I sit down and destroy something, and said, okay, stay yeah. away from from watches. <laughs> For sure. Clocks I can do easily. Are you or have you in the past like mentored anyone about the watch business or watch? movement design and things like that yeah uh, no you know uh -huh. it's, uh, at the end i had i, I had a designer i had um, uh, an engineer and they i came with uh, with the ideas you know, yeah. and they sorted out what is possible or not and then we brought everything together okay but when you when you build up your own business i was i was traveling for for, for 10 years, I was traveling all right. around the world. You know? You're the face of the uh, company and yes. literally the name. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I think back, I, I would say I assembled probably my last EOS. This is more than 20 years ago that I really did not sit on the bench and did anything myself. You know? Sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think of like, it's to me, I think martin braun watches is also a little bit of a victim of you were too soon like you were because it seems like now there's this huge rise in indie brands and i think a lot of them have gotten a, a pretty good level of success um that maybe you would have been able to ride that wave if you had come along even even later or maybe you helped blaze the trail for them i'm curious what so you well. think about that yeah so well. i think you were ahead of your time Yes, that was the advantage uh, with the, with Schaumburg that they Frank has not the plan to become um, all over the world recognized brand. 
You know? mm-hmm. He has a very serious business, smaller quantity, uh, but uh, less, less trouble with, with the dealers, with traveling, with suppliers. You know? And yeah. that made me a little bit happy to see that. And um, if he is, if he would be something that somebody who said, okay, now we become a, a worldwide number one brand. And Martin, can you go to Japan? Can you go there? Um, that's not the way I wanted to make a business or to support him. And so we make it small and easy. And I mm-hmm. had to do the same when I started in the same way. Sure. But I was, I was too keen. <laughs> well, I mean, you were in Watch Time magazine all the time. I I remember those those older issues, yeah. and I thought it was so yeah. great. But it's it is interesting now. It seems like almost anyone with minimum investment can start a watch brand. But of course, that's just um, you know assembling things off the shelf, right? It's uh, very different than what you were doing. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it, uh, if I did. Frank's advantage is that the construction was here and even some parts were available. You know? mm-hmm. And um, you do it from scratch, you end up at the same investment. Yeah, yeah. It just requires too much capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. And this is only half, you know, you have to promote it. Huh? Right, um, yeah, great point. Yeah, marketing go is back not cheap to, either. Go yeah. back to, yeah, to Basel. Every year it was 40, 50, 60,000 we spent for the, for the Basel booth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now you see like when there's a, now it's, what is it? A watches and wonders. And now you have all these side fairs going on, um, you know, of, of Indies and things. It seems like it's um, the community has grown at least to where maybe they're able to help each other a little bit as well. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's grown or, or, or even struggling because a lot of the independents, uh, brands I grew up with are not not here anymore. You know? Yeah, that's that's true. You know, when I go through this um, these watch annuals from the early two thousands, it's amazing how many brands are gone now entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of forgotten mm-hmm. to time. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. watches have exploded in popularity in the last five to ten years. I've you know, my watch club is an example of that we, with how many members we have, but even though we're a small town, a small metro area. And um, I think though those newer collectors, you know, sometimes have the blinders on and they're only looking at four or five watch brands. And they're not also realizing like there are so many great watches that were made in the past that are available that are honestly, they're, they're bargains, I think, for what you get as well. Um, so I'm always trying to encourage people to kind of look outside the box. There's more watches besides Rolex and Patek Philippe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but this is the that was always a problem from the from the United States. It's a Takoyer. Yeah. Patek, Rolex. Sure. Yeah. That's the that uh, is the universe. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, this is this has been great. Um, I think you, I'm trying to go through my questions. I, I think you answered almost all of them. Oh, you know, the other um, watch we didn't talk about, I was just curious about, because to me, it's almost like the, for the, during the Martin Braun area, the watch that kind of included everything kind of full circles that um, Kefalos. Um, I think that's so interesting that it had like the moon face from the Celine yeah exactly but it's still enlarged but it's also a uh, is it an annual or perpetual calendar it's an annual 
Nice. Yeah. Perfect. I love that watch. This is my personal <laughs> favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's becoming mine too. Yeah. It's just, um, what a, what a, what great complications all put together in like a really yeah. nice package. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, and it's 44 millimeter case. That's my personal favorite size. So yeah. I really, really love it. Yeah. Me too. I, I like a, a larger watch and, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. I, they're just amazing. Um, yeah, I think the, th the, the 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 last version. This is then with the heliocentric system on the base. Oh wow! Yeah, of the moon face. Oh okay, sure. And then the, and so then that little dot is the Earth, kind of going around the That's sun in that elliptical orbit. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. How does it move in a, in an ellipse instead of a circle? This is a mixture of uh, planet gears. Okay. Wow. Oh, mm -hmm. I need to look at those. Oh, so cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and at least, you know, maybe it is at least came full circle that with, with Antoine Braun, I mean, you did get a GPH, uh, GPGH award, right? No. Oh, no. 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 Oh, I, or you were nominated, I thought. Um... Nominated, yes, but we didn't got it. Oh, okay. Well, even being nominated is a huge uh, honor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Excellent. Um, and then any um, watch brands or models or anything, you know, obviously you're a little bit removed from that world, but not, not too much. I mean, anything that any brands or, or things you think are doing it right? Oh, there are a lot of brands do it right, but you know, it's, um, I do not agree with every brand because it's it's a, it's a personal taste. Of, uh, of course, you like it. So, um, what I do not follow is what the big brands are doing. Definitely not. So it's, for instance, I I like uh, what what Artia is doing. Mm -hmm. Even Apa, you know, the, he had the reason he brought some sapphire crystal cases. Oh wow! So yes, really. This is this is so fresh and and uh, the inside is very nice. Then um, my friend, the Rainer Brand, the German brand, mm -hmm. he brought a new chronograph. It's called uh, Yoho. This is a beautiful, classic, oh. elegant watch. Yeah. And on the other end, it's um, what, so uh, what attracts me is Epos. They uh -huh. they have a blue diver, a blue ocean diver watch. Beautiful, you know, not expensive, but very, very attractive. Huh. Okay. Excellent. Um, yeah, I think we are living in a really exciting time with watches again. I just hope that um, there's not too much group think going on. Like, it seems like everyone is just doing like a time only watch and 36 millimeters. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we need it's going to be boring if we don't have more people take chances and really do innovative things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, that it started already at when, when I was active. I mean, a lot of big brands, they go to the jewelers and say, hey, if you have the next time a Martin Brown watch displayed in the front window, you don't gonna get any uh, Loshins or Omega or whatever. You know, they put oh, a wow. lot of pressure then to the retailers. And that makes our business very difficult. And right now they... You know, LVMH, you can you can buy officially the watches on, on the internet. So right. It changed. Uh, it changed a lot. And at the end, it ma doesn't make it 
easier because if you don't have the money to promote your brand on internet, it's also a very expensive thing to to do it. It's, yeah. I mean, have you um, obviously when you were starting out, there was no Kickstarter like today. Like a lot no. of watch companies can get all this money up front doing yeah. pre-orders direct to consumer. I mm. think even like Ming and others maybe have, had had done that, and then um, mm. and then they are um, and then they kind of iterate and, and grow slowly uh, from there. But their first couple, you know, sometimes that's a good way to get an infusion of capital up front um, without investors. But it's it's uh, it's a tricky thing too because then if they don't deliver, you're you're leaving all your customers with you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, have, you can only do that yeah. once. <laughs> all of a sudden, you have uh, five hundred enemies. <laughs> yeah, instead of one. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Well, it, it sounds like obviously you're still working on clocks, but uh, has a full time retirement started showing up in the picture or no? You uh, you no, feel like you know it's. Um, we, as again, I, I told you, we, we changed the whole life. I, I sold my house because our kids are big. So why should I have a, a 10 room house with 1,200 square meter ground? I have to take care. Yeah. So I sold this and we, we, <laughs> you know. You're, you're I, starting I, to downsize I, or empty nesters, we call it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so six months we live in, in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. All right. For legal reasons, six and a half months we live in Switzerland, yeah. and then the rest we travel, and most of the time we go to Spain to over the winter. Wow! Oh, that sounds that sounds mm -hmm. very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I I had worse ideas in my life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a pretty good great idea. I you know my uh, my wife and I talk about when we retire maybe spending half the year in the United States, half the year in Hungary or something like that. So or even full time in Hungary. So. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. We will see. Um, exactly. So. Yeah, I need. I need to get my EU passport. You know, switching gears from um, from watches and whatnot. Um, yeah, talk talk to me about rocks and minerals. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. it's uh, I had round about four hundred absolutely high end specimens. Wow. My specialty were fluorites. Oh, see, I love fluorites too. Yeah. And uh, tourmalines. Oh, nice. Uh huh. Mm, uh, yeah, beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah very nice. it, it was I in my old house. Everything was adapted. You know, the living room. I made special shelves out of expensive wood, uh -huh. high-end LED lightning. So <laughs> it was really, really. It was when you, when you were visiting me. You know, you you felt like in a museum. Yes. So, after we we stepped back, I sold already. I would say uh, uh, two thirds of the the whole okay. collection. Yeah, I sold already. Yeah. To to me, it's always so interesting when I meet watch collectors that so many of us collect other things too, whether it's rocks and minerals, or sometimes we're into like hi-fi, you know, like stereos and things, mm -hmm. or cars, or um, yeah. It's just I think when you have that in your um, in your heart watches usually there's 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 also some other you know you have that collecting bug it's it's hard to shake yeah yeah and you know minerals are are uh, uh, the beauty of the nature absolutely yeah yeah and, and some of them took millions of years to form and then to yeah. be the person to to find it or to own it is um mm. amazing i i have uh, three children and my uh, oldest son is um 16 and we went to utah to dig for um 
minerals and we got a uh, smoky topaz and uh, malachite and azurite and you know when you pull something out like you know a crystal that's beautiful and you're like i'm the first person to see this you know it's something yeah yeah it's really something yeah, yeah. yeah. did you ever go, go to the big rock and mineral show in uh, munich yeah uh in munich or in uh marie de munich oh that's right so Saint-Marie et Ominé, it was always a highlight of the year, you know, because we, I took my, my RV and we went there for three, four days. Wow. And it was always like a family meeting, yeah. you know, <laughs> to sneak around and talk about the minerals, forget <laughs> the watches, fuck the watches. You know? <laughs> well, and definitely, uh, like, I don't know about you, like, I, the people I've, I've met through Rocks and Minerals are some of the nicest people, you know, and it's... Um, it's it's a very um and so are the people i've met through watches are very nice too but it's very they're two diff very different hobbies yeah absolutely it has nothing to do with uh, with each other uh, that's right different yeah. world yeah very the, much the so. rock the rock world is more grounded yes <laughs> <laughs> literally and figuratively <laughs> <laughs> oh well this has been an absolute pleasure martin i i appreciate you taking uh your, your time out to talk to me today i i really appreciate it. i'm i've been a fan for a very very long time thank you troy thank what you you've done and you know it's my goal to kind of help tell these stories for all these new watch collectors to say hey there is a lot of things you need to learn about because then also when you do see that new watch and they say it's new they can be like well wait that's not that's derivative which is fine um mm -hmm. But, you know, I think uh, education goes a long way. And I think a lot of watch collectors have a short um, memory. And so I'm always trying to, to, to stretch that. <laughs> uh, well, no, well, thank you. Talk to you. Uh, it's a pleasure, you know, for me. It's a, uh, formerly it was a daily business, but right now it's a little bit more seldom. It comes more because after I started to promote the EOS again. So, yeah right and i yeah. yeah i'm happy to help get the word out about that because i think that's really big news um because i think that is such a a tremendous design and honestly like that's the one complication in a in a wristwatch that i would want and and use actually um like i'm always outside uh i we do a lot of gardening too and um you know i'm always trying to decide okay i need to i need to go out and garden but it's where we live right now it's very hot in the summer but i'm like i need that last 30 minutes of sunlight when it's cool around I can still work so I need to know when that is and um and uh something like the EOS is, is great for that yeah. you know that the, the good thing is that the price for the actual EOS is the same price before Frank Miller sneaked in can you imagine I, I noticed that too and that blew me away because for the price of a used one that you could buy on eBay today you could buy yeah. a brand new one uh right. from Schomburg which is amazing honestly yeah. that the price has been able to be held throughout years of inflation and things that um mm. either talks about economies of scale or um, just efficiency in manufacturing it, yeah yeah first of all we 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 do not have to pay for the tools because they are paid mm. then uh, we can choose our own manufacturers uh, that yeah. means we can buy the case from somewhere else and not from frank miller and that mm -hmm. makes at the end it makes a huge difference wow yeah, how about that? But it sounds like the EOS is probably the biggest thing right now. Uh, we will we, we will go next steps, but it's out of my hands. You know, Frank has to make the decision. So sure. the next step will definitely be uh, equation of time. 
Okay, excellent. Yeah, that that sounds really good. And I'm still gonna have my fingers crossed uh, about a, a a slow runner. So you know, yeah, I I hope I I know I hope that sees the light of day somewhere, whether it's uh, Long and, and Heine or whoever. I know. Yeah, it's too it's too cool of a design to just stay hidden, though. Yeah, yeah, I really feel that yeah. way. Yeah, it's just so so unique. Um, yeah martin thanks again um oh and, and i oh I, I meant to ask your three children neither of them none of them are in the uh, watch world are they no no yeah no <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> no perfect <laughs> i didn't no, think no. so but i was like i should ask awesome um i'll i'll talk to you soon thanks all right take care troy yeah yeah bye-bye <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode. How great and genuine was Martin? If you want to buy the current iteration of the Celine uh, Moon Phase watch, which is produced by Schomburg Watch now, it's called the Moon. Check it out at schombergwatch.net. Also on their site, just search for EOS, E-O-S, and you can find the Martin Braun EOS for sale there as well. Reminder, the show notes will be online this week at thegrumpycollector.com. If you know a fellow incurable collector that you think I should interview, drop me a line at my Instagram page, at thegrumpycollector. I'm always on the lookout for collectors of all things with that common thread of watches. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, keep collecting, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye-bye.